Welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine, produced by members of the First Voice Media Apprenticeship Program. I'm Vika Aronson, one of your hosts tonight. And tonight we're bringing you Kuumba Voces Holiday Magazine Show. That's right, Vika. Yo soy Josiah Luis. And tonight, for your listening pleasure, Guamba Voces will be entertaining you with our own sweet and slightly askew views, music, and memories of this holiday. Our own sexy Santa, Ron Thompson, will be bringing us some old-fashioned Christmas music, as well as an impassioned commentary. J.C. Howard addresses the alleged War on Christmas. And I present you with a glimpse into a rarely seen world of a certain holiday celebration. And Zakiya G.E.K. Part teaches a little something about Kwanzaa. The last piece we're going to share with you is actually Josiah's memory of Santa Claus that some of you might not expect. That's all here tonight on Full Circle, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Full Circle, and if you're just tuning in, tonight we are bringing you a good old-fashioned radio Christmas magazine show, and I'm only going to say this once, ho, ho, ho. Don't get so grubby on me so quick, Josiah Luis. We only just started the show, and there's plenty to be cheerful and merry about for the next hour, so just stay with me. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm actually kind of excited to hear this first segment. J.C. Howard, my own personal choice for KPFA Santa, offers us up this Yuletide chestnut to mull over. J.C. is a Christian, and he loves celebrating the holiday. But on today of all days, he actually wants to debunk the myth of the war on Christmas. Let's have a listen. All across America, and all across the world, people are celebrating Christmas. Opening fancy presents, sitting down to dinners, praying to God, visiting loved ones, and watching movies where snow is as much a character as Scrooge, Santa, or Buddy the Elf. I myself am partaking in such customs and culturally iconic traditions, and millions of others are as well. To some, these traditions are an excuse to have seasonal fun and share happy times with loved ones. To others, they are that as well, but they also point to a larger and deeper truth of our world, a truth directly connected to faith, and not just any faith, a Christian faith. At its roots, Christmas is, of course, a Christian holiday, and I, personally, am a Christian. And as a Christian, every December I'm made aware of the quote-unquote war on Christmas. The war on Christmas. The war on Christmas. It's a real thing. Happy holidays? No. Merry Christmas. Do you realize that Starbucks wanted to take Christ and Christmas off of their brand new cups? That's why they're just plain red. It's a magical time for the war on Christmas. The all-out assault on Christmas is just plain on You have a whole bunch of war on Christmas deniers. The word Christmas. I love Christmas. You go to stores now, you don't see the word Christmas. It says happy holidays. I tell my wife, don't go to those stores. Remember the expression, Merry Christmas? You don't see it anymore. You're going to see it if I get elected, I can tell you right now. This year, the coffee chain Starbucks was the main agitator with the release of plain red cups. 
And as a special add-on this year, the U.S. House of Representatives introduced House Resolution 564, this is true, which invokes the First Amendment and quote-unquote protection of Christmas. And Fox News is never shy with declaring that this war is being waged, usually led valiantly by blowhards like Bill O'Reilly. As a matter of fact, I remember as a kid, you know how you sometimes see Xmas instead of Christmas written out? Well, I remember folks saying, no, that's Xing Christ out. That's taking Christ out of Christmas. Franklin Graham, son of famous evangelist pastor Billy Graham, called it, quote, a war against the name of Jesus Christ. One Christian YouTuber said this. The Christ has been ripped out of Christmas. Now all we hear is happy holidays or happy Xmas. Everything is a war on Christmas if you let many Christians tell it. And I, for one, am sick of it. You know what I found out about that whole Xmas thing? X has been used as a legitimate and respectful stand-in for Christ for more than a thousand years. The Old English Anglo-Saxon Chronicle used X to abbreviate Christ in the year 1021. This is in a culture that was explicitly Christian. That is to say that this thing that's said to be a war on Christmas is a Christian invention. Xmas is still Christmas and, more importantly, Christmas is still Xmas. Now Fox News and a few people we all know on Facebook will point to the groups who make a mockery of Christian beliefs. For instance, last year the organization American Atheists put up a billboard saying, quote, Dear Santa, all I want for Christmas is to skip church. I'm too old for fairy tales. And this year, another with Santa's response saying, quote, Go ahead and skip church. Just be good for goodness sake. So yeah, there are more than a few folks who don't exactly agree with the Christian adage that Jesus is the reason for the season. Okay, fine. But that doesn't stop me, JC, from celebrating Christmas in my own way and allowing others to celebrate or not celebrate in theirs. If you want to celebrate by mocking my beliefs or any beliefs that aren't yours, go ahead. I personally won't be doing so. But in the same way, if you want to celebrate by going to a nativity scene, that's fine too, but it's also not exactly my cup of tea. Or if you don't want to celebrate at all, you don't have to. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, quote, let me never fall into the vulgar mistake of dreaming that I am persecuted whenever I'm contradicted. I wonder what he'd have to say about a supposed war on Christmas. Look, if you want to celebrate Hanukkah, please do. Any holiday that encourages fried foods is good in my book. Have some sufganyot for old JC. You want to celebrate the winter solstice? Go for it. Make up some Ramadan fasting days? Have at it. Celebrate Kwanzaa? Light a candle for me while thinking of the principal Ujima. Festivus? Well, I've got a few grievances I can air as well. Honestly, this time of year is cold, and it's a great time to think about the people who you care about and spend time with them and cuddle up close to them. It's great to enter the new year confident and sure in your beliefs, whatever they are. So it's a great time to take a few days and honor your beliefs and remember them. As for me, I will think about Christ coming as a baby to show me how to live with love and do that more abundantly. If you want to think about feats of strength, or the principle of Kuumba, or the Maccabean Revolter, 
pay your zakat or think of the invincible sun or just prefer not to do anything, have at it. None of that constitutes a war on Christmas. Atheist Hemant Mata said to CNN in a recent interview, quote, Christians don't own December. Even if Christmas as a Christian holiday didn't exist, there would be plenty of reason to take a few days off at the end of the year to just relax and spend time with your family. I dare you to tell me that that isn't something we can all get behind. I want to make it clear. I choose to think of God and God in Christ become flesh at this time of year and all throughout the year. But because I choose to think of God, I also choose to spend time with my 90-year-old grandparents and my mom and my brother and his fiance and my sister and my girlfriend. I choose to think of loving people who helped me get through this year, friends that will help me get through the next year, and the beliefs that help me make sense of it all. People will insult me for my faith for the rest of my life, I'm sure. But as long as there are people who feed the hungry at the end of the year, give clothes to the less fortunate when it gets cold out, take in the refugees, ensure that everyone has access to health care and education and that those in poverty are cared for, as long as there are people still showing love to people who need to be loved, there will never be a war on Christmas. Because Christmas is still Xmas. For Full Circle, I'm JC, and for the last time in 2015, that just happened. That was J.C. Howard. Thanks, J.C., for that examination of the all-too-prevalent idea of the war on Christmas. For those of you just tuning in, this is the Full Circle Holiday Magazine Show on KPFA 94.1 FM. Yes, indeed. And at the end of that piece by J.C., you heard the song Merry Christmas, Baby by the late, great B.B. King. Up next, we broaden our scope with a holiday piece produced by my co-host, Vika Aronson. Maestro, roll the tape. This year for the holidays, I'm especially curious about those of us who crave the things that the holiday season means. Love, connection with family, connection with God or a greater power, the sacred, the spiritual, but find themselves in circumstances that make it really difficult to get close to those things. I wonder about the people who don't get to be near the warmth and love of family and friends during the holidays, and those who don't get to go to temple or light the menorah on Hanukkah, and don't get to go see the Christmas pageant at church. How do they express their love? How do they honor their connection to the sacred? How do they observe the holidays? Yeah, that's an interesting uh, question for me. I spent 14 Christmas holiday seasons um, in prison. That's Fleet Mall, a man who served a 14-year mandatory minimum sentence in a federal prison 
on drug trafficking charges from 1985 to 1999. In prison, people's basic goodness was just, both from the, the correctional officers and my fellow prisoners, was more evident during that time, and I really appreciated it a lot. And so I uh, developed a tradition in my cell on the unit I lived on of putting a plywood board over my bed and, and covering it with some sheets to create kind of a, a table and and with other friends would, uh, you know, get what we could get from the commissary or the canteen and uh, put out a spread uh, on Christmas Eve. And uh, we'd, uh, you know, let people come by and uh, just would kind of celebrate and have this kind of prison version of a bit of a of a Christmas Eve feast. And we would sometimes sing carols and we had a little Walkman radio so we could we could put on one of the FM stations and hear some Christmas music. Of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know. Nobody gave us a hard time about it, so it was it was kind of interesting. Because uh, the rest of the year, if you did anything like that, people would have just like thought you were like as, about as lame as you could possibly be. But somehow, Christmas Eve, people were accepting of that. But you're there in a prison. The prison hasn't changed. You're there, the same drab colors, the same prison cell, the same bars, and yet somehow things are just a little brighter, softer, more radiant, and uh, that's because something has shifted in our mind, in our heart, and it, it just seemed that that was actually possible at that time of year. That was Fleet Mall, who founded the Prison Mindfulness Institute. Learn more about the amazing work Fleet is doing in prisons at prisonmindfulness.org. And thank you, Fleet, for sharing your story. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the little Jesus boy. They made you be born in a manger. I have served uh, in prison ministry for over 14 years in the Bay Area. That's Pastor Diane Robinson of Liberty Church International in Fremont, California. We would hold special services with the inmates just to sing and to spread joy and to read the Christmas story and to let them share what was at whatever was on their hearts. Some of the comments we got even this past Saturday out at Valley State Prison, the men in tears said, when your group comes, we know that we can go another day. Tomorrow night we'll be at Santa Rita Jail in Dublin. We'll, we'll be doing a special chapel service for women. And they know that they are loved because we came. They may not see their children. That's the hardest thing for them. They won't see their children. They won't embrace them. But they appreciate the fellowship that we bring just to let them know our love for them and that the Lord loves them. And they're not forgotten. That was Pastor Diane Robinson speaking with me in an interview and singing the songs she actually sings to the inmates in her prison ministry. If you'd like to learn more about the work of Liberty Church International, DBA, Liberty Vision Ministries, you can contact Pastor Diane Robinson at 
1400 or email her at pastordianerobinson at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Pastor Diane, for sharing your music and your stories with us. Lord. So we've been talking about how it is that folks in the most difficult and lonely of situations are able to find love and connection to what is good and sacred during the holidays. Next is a little sound collage I made for such an occasion. Intimate thoughts and feelings during the holidays, as told by prisoners and soldiers, past and present. Dear Tantalusky, Happy Hanukkah. Really missing my mamalusky. My dearest Mickey, somehow I've got to put Christmas spirit into this letter, while in a country that seldom sees snow except atop its tallest northern mountains. Thank you for the unexpected $50 gelt and the book of cute holiday stamps. Thank you for the love and wishes for Hanukkah. I have just been blessed to view two Hanukkah programs on PBS. One, Being confined in prison is difficult and rightly so. We made bad choices, bad decisions, and we are paying our debt to society. We can survive overcrowding, diminished medical attention, and poor food in small portions. But it's the holidays that tear our hearts out and make us cry ourselves to sleep at night. Somehow I've got to pass on the spirit of goodwill towards men who all around me and myself are so sick and tired of being away that there is little goodwill even among us. Somehow I've got to say peace on earth when perhaps tomorrow I'll kill thousands of people. Somehow I've got to present you with both a gift and a token that means we are very close to each other, though we couldn't be farther apart on this earth than we are right now. Yet it is very easy for me to picture the snow that I've always seen at Christmas, feel the goodwill towards men. Young mothers think of their babies. Old grandmothers think of their families. And those who know they will never get out, no matter how calloused, shed tears when they hear carols from Christmas past. In prison, there are no jingle bells, fun parties, or opening gifts with family. There's no picture-taking, delicious food, or joy to the world. It's bleak, bare, and lonely behind that 10-foot fence topped with razor wire. There's been lots of articles written about women in Being Oklahoma's able to feel presence. such sadness and heartache at Being one point during Hanukkah, or this is the first Hanukkah without my dear mother, and quite probably my very last Hanukkah due to my situation, but to also feel such joy and pain, pride and regret, watching all of the beautiful children and young adults singing the blessings. I'm overwhelmed by a wave of emotion. My heart begins to swell, my throat tighten up, and all of these damn cold tears stream down my cheeks. Instantly, I've been reduced to a blubbering mess. Something so moving, so beautiful, yet also oh so very painful and bittersweet. The absolute reality of my loneliness takes hold of me. For the first time in 24 years, I now feel its total being. No one to share the miracle with. No wife, no girlfriend, no children. No fellowship here in death row. I'm all alone here amongst 300 plus. And easiest of all, I can offer you this ring, knowing that you will accept it, because I know you feel as I, that no two people can be any closer than you or I, and that the prayer that I make today, Christmas, is that we'll always have our white snow, goodwill towards men, peace on earth for us and our children, and all our children forever after, and each other as long as God wills it. So wear the ring, Mickey, and be merry. For me, this is a merry Christmas. I hope I've helped make yours the same, just as I've always tried to make every single day happy for you, as long as we live. And maybe this is the year we will see change. 
In the meantime, I would like to encourage all the families and friends to do something that is simple, but will be truly appreciated. Send a Christmas card to your loved one. Write a letter to remind them that they're still missed, cherished, and loved. Accept a collect call and pay them a visit. They'll work twice as hard to turn their life around with a little love, forgiveness, and understanding. If you care about those who are in prison, show it. No latkes. God, how I miss the latkes. Please understand this is how I, your brother in Judaism, must endure. I am but an island of Judaism here. Self-supporting, self-reliant, steadfast in my beliefs, observances. Lord, I long for my own Maccabean miracle. Surviving in my existence for over 24 years and counting, quite a feat. God willing, I might still have more survival aspects to mount. May the Lord always be with, bless, love, and protect you always. I love you, Mickey. Eddie. Love always, Martin. Martin Edward Grossman, number A089742. On Hanukkah, Kislev 25, 5769. Those were excerpts of letters from World War II Lieutenant Edward Pulaski, death row inmate Martin Grossman, and Oklahoma State Prisoner Rebecca Reuter Atkins. Lieutenant Pulaski wrote this letter to his sweetheart, 21-year-old Sarah, or Mickey Rooney, back in November 1944. Martin Grossman was in prison for his involvement in the murder of wildlife officer Peggy Park. Grossman wrote this letter to his aunt Rosal in December 2008. Just over a year later, Grossman was executed by lethal injection. Rebecca Reuter Atkins' piece was a letter to the editor of Tulsa World. Thank you for giving voice to these letters. J.C. Howard, Mitch Jezerich, and Teresa Adams, First Voice Apprentice, Group 41. And a special thanks to Jeff Finley and Isabel Schneider at the Berkeley Public Library Reference Desk for your research help. For Full Circle, I'm Vika Aronson. It was Christmas in prison And the food was real good We had turkey and pistols Carved out of wood And I dream of her always Even when I don't dream Her name's on my tongue And her blood's in my strength Wait a while, eternity Old Mother Nature's got nothing on me Gracias, Vika, for that touching piece. So we got a bit of the intellectual and political aspects of the holiday season with J.C.'s piece on the supposed war on Christmas, and Vika just offered us a sentimental and more heavy-hearted side of the holiday season. See? Plenty to be grouchy about. Oh, come on. You don't have to be such a grump. Fess up and let our listeners know out there, what is the deal? All right, all right. All right, Vika, but just remember you asked. So I'll tell you. When I was a kid, whenever Christmas came around, spirituality, goodwill towards men, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph went in one ear and out the other. None of that mattered to us kids. The topic of discussion amongst my second and third grade peers narrowed to two things on the playground and kickball courts of Bahia Vista Elementary School. The first most talked about topic, of course, centered, revolved, and always returned to the various items that we'd asked that strange creature, known as Santa Claus, to bring us this year. And after everyone had expanded 
and explained everything on their Christmas list, the second most talked about topic inevitably came up. Had anyone, any of us kids, had any adult ever actually seen Santa Claus in person? I could tell you something, man. An unnatural playground silence always followed before a few stammering explanations began to be offered up. Emily and her weird older brother claimed that they heard them once on the roof of their apartment buildings on Kerner Boulevard. <sighs> Damu and Jay both said that they heard them once creeping around their houses, but people <laughs> didn't really believe them because they didn't have a chimney. And of course, my best friend Danny Cabanuck always had to pipe in with that fourth grade wignut conspiracy theory crap about Santa Claus not being real. <laughs> I always got real quiet, Vika, during this part of the playground conversation. I'd sit down on the grass or lean up against the monkey bars, eyeing everyone like an old soldier listening to kids just out of boot camp talk about war. <laughs> they didn't know. Because you see, I was different than the rest of those elementary schoolers with their innocence and bubble yum dreams still intact. Simon que si, I was different from them, all right. Because one Christmas Eve... I had actually seen the fat man in the big red suit. What? I had actually seen Santa Claus. Who did you see? Santa Claus. It was it was Christmas Eve at my dad's side of the familia. We always celebrated at my Granny Goya's house. Granny Goya's house was a mix of traditional Christmas and my dad's side of the familia's peculiar sensibilities and humor. I think back now and Granny's house always had the proper decorations and props that made up Christmas. The stockings with familia names on them. Christmas lights tangled up around my grandpa's nopales outside. And of course, the Christmas tree right at the front window, decorated with a perfect symmetry of ornaments. It's based surrounded by a hodgepodge of brightly wrapped gifts. These things could always be counted on. But just as much a part of those Christmas things, there was also the giant pot on the stove steaming up pork tamales, mm. as well as the bowl of sugar and cinnamon coated buñuelos on the plastic-covered kitchen table next mm. to the jar of pickled jalapenos <laughs> that my grandpa ate every meal with. I could always count on my tia Vanjie showing up with a peculiar assortment of Christmas presents that she had acquired during the various garage sales that she had visited this year. Once when I was seven, she gave me a huge giant macrame owl that was bright orange. <laughs> She was the first avid garage sailor and flea market that I had ever met, an attribute that took me years to appreciate. And of course, I could always count on Mitia Gloria, a proud Chicana studying law who had taken the bar exam more times than you ever wanted to mention to her, getting into an argument with either my dad or my Tio Joe and leaving in a huff before midnight. I could always count on the lights of the Christmas tree providing me and my primos from Fontana and Sacramento with a comforting warmth as we drifted off to sleep on the living room floor, while the adults played a loud, bilingual, and argumentative game of Monopoly in the kitchen that always lasted well into the night. These are all wonderful memories, but I'm digressing from the original reason for telling you this story, Vika. Yeah, tell me. Okay, the okay, Santa okay, okay. thing. So, so one year, all these memories that I mentioned were firmly in place, right? Okay. Tamales in the pot, mi tia Gloria screaming to my dad about the pigs in Sacramento beating up some Chicano. The Christmas lights are twinkling alongside the red fruits poking out of mi grandpa's nopal in the front yard. I walk into the kitchen to grab another buñuelo as my tío Joe is setting up at the Monopoly board and mi tía Vanjie is explaining how she's always a thimble. <laughs> when suddenly I hear a tap, tap, tap. It, it's coming from the glass door that leads to the backyard. The noises from the living room filled with my cousins watching some animated Christmas special on TV fade away. 
and the beginning of the already loud, raucous bilingual Monopoly game falls silent. The only noise that I can hear is that tap, tap, tap on the window. I look up at the glass door and drop my buñuelo. My mouth hangs open as I gasp, and I see that just outside the glass door, bigger than Darth Vader, dressed in blood red with an unkept cotton ball blanket of a beard and wearing serial killer black gloves, is Santa Claus. And he's waving at me. The, the gaping O that was my mouth somehow got bigger. I begin to hyperventilate and get dizzy just as the tap, tap, tap on the window starts again. Everything begins to get blurry. I feared for my life. I wanted to run, but I was stuck to that kitchen linoleum, helpless as he waved again and again. All that separated us was a thin sheet of glass. My familia would never be able to protect me. This guy was huge, bigger than my grandpa even. And word on the street was he had a posse of sharp antlered reindeer backing him up. If it came to a fight, me and my familia wouldn't stand a chance. Unless my tia Gloria flipped out on him about not passing the bar again. We were as good as dead. And then suddenly, just like that, he was gone. He just vanished. The dead silence that had engulfed my Granny Goya's house was sucked up into the collective laughter of mi familia. My dad and Uncle Joe were laughing louder than the time they took me snipe hunting in a field in Modesto. My tia Gloria had stopped screaming about Jesse Jackson and was instead giggling as she kissed me on the cheek and asked, Mijo, did you see him? Did you see Santa Claus? All the laughter brought me back to my senses. I looked around at my familia. They had not realized just how close we had come to being reindeer food. Did I see him? Simon que see I saw him. It will haunt me for the rest of my life. So now you know, Vika, about my Christmas thing. Why I would always get so quiet when I was little. Whenever the talk about Santa sightings came up, I'd stare down at the tambark when the well-worn trick of leaving milk and cookies would inevitably be offered up as a suggestion for catching Santa. I'd shake my head and look off into the distance towards Pickleweed Park. And whenever some green third grader would say, I wish I could see Santa Claus, I'd think, oh, no, you don't, kid. Oh, no, you don't. Wow. What a... Are, are you okay? It's, are you kind of, it's really hard for me to talk about, you know? It's just... You know, and I don't have a problem with people taking their kids to see Santa Claus in the malls. Those are tame Santas. But what we saw that night was a Santa in the wild. It was just roaming out there. You know, we, we didn't know. We didn't know. But, but you know, I don't want this story to scare parents off. Take your kid to see Santa. It's all right. Wow. I've but, never, I've never seen you like this, Josiah. That was a really, te- that was a really tender story. Very vulnerable. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. That, that was, um, that was really entertaining and enlightening and I guess now we know the reason that you can kind of be a grouch about the holidays so thanks for that um again again you're listening to full circle on KPFA 94.1 FM our 2015 holiday magazine show and next we're going to take a little break for a holiday song I hope that won't scare you too much I hope that's not too traumatizing I'm ready ready. this one's really cool though it's um a tune by Harry Connick Jr. And after that, we're going to go to Zakia G.E.K. part with a bit about Kwanzaa for us. So make sure you stay tuned after the song. I think I saw old Santa through my window Christmas Eve. My eyes were really droopy, but I really do believe. 
must have been old Santa Cause I saw his big red hat And I know my mom and dad can't buy like that Oh no Outside my door, the same old Christmas trick my dad had played since I was born. He stands outside my bedroom, yelling, oh, 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 because he knows I don't believe in Santa Claus. No way. He knows I don't believe in Santa Claus. I think my daddy sees me peeking from my door. He pretends he's Santa anyway Every year he tries to fool me But I'm a big boy now I don't believe in Santa or his sleigh No way So I went back to my bed And I curled up nice and tight I stared out of my window And I looked into the night And then all of a sudden my window I could see Santa Claus was flying by smiling at me
Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA, where you're listening to our very special holiday magazine show. You just heard the song, It Must Have Been Old Santa Claus by (laughs) Harry Connick Jr. (laughs) Oh, that was a very appropriate song to follow up my story because Santa is the culprit. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell. There you go, being a grouch again. But um, maybe Zakia's piece about Kwanzaa will um, put you in better spirits. I certainly hope so, Vika. Zakia, please show me the light. During this holiday season, African Americans and millions of Africans throughout the world African community celebrate Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is a celebration of family, community, and culture celebrated from December 26th through January the 1st. Dr. Malana Karenga is the creator of Kwanzaa, which is an African-American cultural holiday based on the agricultural celebrations of Africa called the First Fruit Celebrations. These celebrations were during times of harvest, in-gathering, reverence, commemoration, recommitment, and celebration. Thus, Kwanzaa is a time that African Americans draw together for celebration of their heritage and achievements, reverence for the creator and creation of the good. Kwanzaa was created out of a cultural nationalist philosophy that argues that the key challenge in black people's life is the challenge of culture. And therefore, what Africans must do is discover and bring forth the best of both their ancient and current culture. In addition to enrich and expand our lives, use it as a foundation to bring into being models of human excellence and possibilities. As an aid to building community, enriching Black consciousness and reaffirming the value of cultural grounding for life and struggle. Kwanzaa was created in the 1960s during the middle of struggling for liberation and part of the US's organization efforts to create, recreate, as well as circulate African culture. Millions of people from all religious traditions, all classes, all ages and generations, and all political persuasions of African descent throughout the world. African community practice and celebrate Kwanzaa as a cultural holiday. They come together essentially because of their Africanness in all its historical and current diversity and unity. This is what Dr. Milana Karenga says about the essential values. And I quote, Kwanzaa was created to introduce and reinforce seven basic values of African culture, which contribute to building and reinforcing community among African-American people, as well as Africans throughout the world African community. The values are called the Ngozo Saba which in the Pan-African language of Swahili means the seven principles. These principles stand at the heart of the origin and meaning of Kwanzaa. 
For it is these values which are not only the building blocks for community, but serve also as its social glue. The Nguzo Saba seven principles are as follows. I will first say them in Swahili and then in English and explain what they mean. The first of the seven principles is umojo, unity. To strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, nation, and race. Two, kujishakalia, self-determination. To define ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves. Ujima, collective work and responsibility. To build and maintain our community together and make our brothers and sisters' problems our problems and to solve them together. Ujima, cooperative economics. To build and maintain our own stores, shops, and other businesses and to profit from them together. Nia, purpose, to make our collective vocation the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to their traditional greatness. Kuumba, creativity, to do always as much as we can in the way we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited it. Imani, faith, to believe with all our heart in our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and the righteousness and victory of our struggle. This is Zakia G.E. Capehart for Full Circle of the First Voice Media Apprenticeship Program here at KPFA. That was our own Zakia G.E. Capehart. Gracias, Zakia, for that piece about Kwanzaa. I enjoy hearing about the winter holidays of other cultures like that one and your piece earlier. Well, then, you'll certainly enjoy this next song as well. It's kind of a mashup, um, a sort of fusion of jazz and progressive bluegrass um, by an artist called Bella Fleck, um, which probably many of you have heard out there. I really like this song, um, and I like his style. It's called The Hanukkah Waltz.
That was Bela Fleck and the Flecktones with the Hanukkah Waltz. And this is Full Circle on 94.1 FM KPFA. Up next, for those of us just tuning in, this is Cuamba Voces Christmas Magazine Show. Rather, that's the Holiday Magazine Show. Um, <laughs> it's a full holiday magazine show on KPFA, and I'm one of your hosts, Vika Aronson. I am the other host, Josiah Luis. Up next, we're going to have some music as curated by our own Sexy Santa, Mr. Ron Thompson, <laughs> plus a special commentary about the holiday of the day. Let's take a listen. Hi, I'm Ron Thompson, and I was just thinking about this time of the year, you know, this Christmas time of the year. The time of the year that's ho, 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 Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, and tis the season to be jolly, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. It's breezy outside, and it's nice to see people all bundled up in their winter clothes, their hats and boots, and scarves and gloves, and the lights are bright, and everywhere you look, you see festive holiday delights, and the feeling is gay and light. And the picture is nice and bright. But down at the right-hand corner of that picture, there's a little fold that's peeling up, and it's revealing another picture. Now, I don't want to be the one who throws a bah humbug into the mix, but this picture is not so bright, not so suggestive of sleigh rides to Grandma's house. There are no balls of holly in this picture, no mistletoe. This picture's a little grayer and a little bleak. In this picture, people aren't clamoring in flocks to the department stores, but are sleeping in the doorways of the store. The collage of pictures quickly move through a myriad of things, images of the day before, the week before, the month before. Tis the season to be jolly. Merry Christmas in these pictures show things that won't stay hidden, Covered up by holiday cheer, it shows the tear-stained faces of mothers and family members still in shock and saddened over the lives lost at the hands of those who claim to protect and serve. The pain of being forced to travel and not for pleasure, and of being turned away by hostile energy saying, we don't want you. You see, folks, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas like the one I never knew, where there's more happiness and people all over the world can get along, where not just kids, but no one goes to sleep hungry. I'm dreaming of a time when resources are a little more plentiful for those who have less, and there's a true sense of caring from those who enjoy the best. I'm dreaming of a time when one can truly be concerned about the planet and about taking better care of it. You see, it seems to me that at some point, at some time, there was instructions given that mankind forgot, and that was to love one another and to take care of the planet. So let's send some real positive energy. Let's get behind that phrase, joy to the world. Let's do something about 
the state of things. Let's come together in thought and project that positive energy out. Here's some songs to give you pause to think about it. Someday at Christmas men won't be boys Playing with bombs like kids play with toys One warm December our hearts will see A world where men are free Someday at Christmas there'll be no wars When we have learned what Christmas is for When we have found what life's really worth There'll be peace on earth Someday all our dreams will come to be
Gracias for that, Mr. Ron. And thanks to all of you members of Kumba Bosses who produced a little something for this here holiday show. Yeah, it's been really nice to be able to produce radio with all of you guys who contributed today. Um, we had some members of Group 41 actually participate, so that was really nice. Um, really great to have you. And uh, I really like it when we get to get together for and we all get to contribute to a show. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a nice feeling. It really is. Well, um, speaking of shows, next week you're going to want to tune in because we are presenting the first edition of the Kumba Bosses Book Club. <laughs> We're all going to get together to talk about some of our favorite books that we think you listeners out there should read in the new year. That's right. This is our last show of 2015, isn't it? So, and, um, but at least we'll get to kick off 2016 the right way with literature and the apprenticeship program. Yep, that's true, Vika. Speaking of which, don't forget, you listeners out there that are interested, we are recruiting for Group 42 now. Yep, the application deadline is just over a month away. So if you've ever wanted to be on the air or produce radio like you've heard tonight, you don't want to miss the opportunity to impl- apply. For more on this information, check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org. That's kpfaapprentice.org. We really hope you apply, so let your voice be heard and apply for the KPFA Apprenticeship Program. Yes, yes. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. We'd like to thank our guests and all the contributors to tonight's show. The executive producer for Full Circle is Miss Mickey Mays. Our technical director is the one and only Free Will and Franklin Sterling. We miss you, Frank. Joy Moore is our production consultant. Our opening theme was produced by Source of Labor and our closing theme by B. Tandre. We've been your hosts, Yo Soy Josiah Luis. And Vika Aronson. Big gracias to JC and Junior Jackson, who each helped to man the board for this show. And thanks to you for joining us tonight on Full Circle, dear listeners. Stay tuned. La Onda Bajita is next. Happy holidays to all of you out there. <laughs>